Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. So we are coming to you, uh, recording live on Labor Day, uh, following the loss to Penn State. A little disappointed here. Uh, we're going to get to that in due time, but <sighs> I thought we'd start. Yes, I know. I thought we'd start with something a little more upbeat. Um, prior to us uh, putting out the last podcast, Purdue released renderings for the south end zone renovations to Ross Age Stadium. Casey actually had not seen them mm. uh, before we started this podcast here today. Look. So I want to get your fresh take on what you think this, uh, what your opinion of this project is. I haven't played the video because I'm afraid there's audio. There um, is definitely audio. Okay, but. The two rene- which one's the south end zone? The south end zone is where uh like the video board is and they have okay. those really crappy bleachers for okay. years. Where they put in beer for the first time? Correct. Okay. It looks really good. Um particularly the field part that kinda sits up. I don't know why it looks so good. It almost looks like a, a like a video game controller. And I dig it. Yeah, I think it looks good. Um, I like the fact that it's got like the cattle catcher mm-hmm. uh, section for the students there. So the south end zone seats are going to be all students. Um, they they call them uh, safe standing seats, what? which is uh, – yeah, I had to ask uh, because uh, you may not know this about me. I am not a soccer fan, but apparently this is a thing in soccer stadiums where they have basically really thin fold-down seats so that every person has a seat if they need it. Um, but they default to the up position. The rows are wider so that you're able to stand more, um, and there's a higher railing, so it prevents people from falling from one row to the other. Is it more vertical, too, so when you're standing, you're not blocking the person behind that you? Is my, that is my okay. assumption as well, yes. Because as someone that has been kicked out of a Purdue football game for standing, right? this is late. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the good thing is, uh, I mean, this as far will be as that the goes, student section? Yes, this will be students okay. only, from my understanding, in the south end zone. So they're, they're basically, they're moving from uh, the northeast side of the stadium. They're going to go to the south end zone as well as the south east uh part of the stadium i believe they're gonna they're gonna go from uh the south end zone and then to approximately the 25 or 30 yard line um i don't have the exact uh yard line up but that'll be all students uh starting once this is done and they're adding another tunnel um hopefully that will you know cause less of a problem with the two teams you know maybe crossing at the beginning or all that i know it can get annoying for for 
uh, some people sometimes. Not as bad as basketball, okay, with the one tunnel, but still. Yeah, so I I, I don't think I've ever attended a game sitting in the student section, uh, but it always did kind of seem weird that it was just like there. It seems like it would be cooler to have your own section of students. Like, this would seem like a better experience. I, I mean, in one way, but I mean... Maybe not better seats. That's that's exactly... I mean, if you're in the south end zone, those are clearly not better seats than what you're going to get in the student section. But as someone pointed out to me on Twitter, you know, rightfully so... Um, They're not a paying lot of, for them. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you know, you can raise a lot more money from the, the people who are going to be spending the money for the seats uh, on that east sideline now. But, you know, someone pointed out to me on Twitter, it, it will be nice to have all the students together in one section. And, you know, maybe there's some sort of advantage for if if the offense is coming down into the south end zone and they've got a wall of students yelling at them, maybe that will make it a bit louder and a bit more intimidating. Um, and it's hard to argue with trying to create a more intimidating atmosphere. So it'll look better on TV. And, yeah, there's pros and cons to it, but it will certainly look better on TV. That's for sure. And like I said, I mean, just from an aesthetic perspective, I think it looks so much better than mm-hmm. the than like the tent that they have. Yeah, what is have. it now? What what would you even I mean, call it? Un- incomplete? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like we tore these, We had concrete. Um, we tore these bleachers down mm-hmm. however many years ago and then we're like, "Oh, I mean, we got to do something, right?" Uh, it's like it's like when you decide you move in, like the first thing you want to do is set up the TV. Yeah. And then yeah, you just then... <laughs> never really move anything around it. It's nope. just uh well, that's in a good spot. I like that. Yeah. I've got the couch and the TV. The rest doesn't really matter. Yeah, we can do those later. Yeah. And then a year later, you're like, mm-hmm. I should probably put these boxes <laughs> away. Um, so, I mean, overall, I, I think Purdue's done a good job. They say uh, that this will be completed, um, this will begin after the 2022 season, and it will be largely completed or else completely done uh, by the start of the 2023 season. No so, chance. yeah, well, look. I can only read that what that's very say. big. Yeah. It looks like a lot of things. It does look like a lot There's of things. There's winter I, in Indiana. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I guess they'll be doing it during the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I, I, I'm not a construction guy, so I don't know how long it's going to take, but Purdue generally has held to their timetables on these things. So we'll see if they can do it again, but I would imagine it's going to start pretty darn soon after the 2022 season uh, ends. They'll probably try to get some of the uh, foundation. The final home game will what, probably be November? Um, you would ask that when I don't have the schedule directly in front <laughs> November, of November, early December. So yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's like definitely, seven November. Months. yeah, they, I mean, they've got time for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of, as you said, Supply. the weather's, weather's got to hold. Um, the last home game is November 19th. Yeah. So, you know, you never know how the weather's going to hold in Indiana, but hopefully they can stick to the timetable and they can get, they can get this all done. I do think, like I said, I do think it's an improvement and I'm excited to see what it looks like when it's all completed. So that is it on that. We're going to take a break, come back, and discuss Purdue's heartbreaking loss to Penn State. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. So as mentioned, and as you all know because you're listening to this podcast, I hope you're not coming here to to find out the score of the game because, oh man, you, you've you wasted some time. No spoilers, Ledman. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. We're going to go through this, talk about the game, but we're not going to tell you who wins. Uh, Purdue, of course, loses to Penn State at home. Final score, 31-35. to 35. And it was a game, honestly, that Purdue should have won. And I know, you know, the number of times I've said that in my life, it, it's just astounding. Not but, often against Penn State. To be no, fair. not often against Penn State. That is true. Uh, but often in my life, especially in Purdue football, it's, you know, oh, man, Purdue really, you know, lost that one or pulled defeat from the jaws of victory. But there are obviously two points of the game that really stand out that I think you can look at as – indicative of why Purdue lost. So the end of the first half, uh, Purdue is up 10 to 7. Not a whole lot of scoring, you know, up until that point. Purdue uh, punts the ball away after three plays and one yard gain. Or I'm sorry, yeah. What plays did they call, Edmund? I I don't even know. Let's see. Runs? Uh, That was a uh, Dylan Downing run for one yard, Aiden O'Connell passing complete, Mm. Aiden O'Connell passing complete, Mm. and then we punted. Mm. Um, So then Penn State gets the ball. Uh, takes four and a half minutes, drives down, uh, gets a touchdown. They take the lead 14 to 10. Uh, Purdue goes through, and it looks like, honestly, they're putting a good drive together. It looks like they're going to score, um, you know, maybe enough to to kind of end the half, go in with a 17-14 lead. Uh, but then Purdue runs kind of a, a, I think it was a jet sweep maybe to TJ Sheffield. He gets seven yards, and then he fumbles. Uh, Penn mm. State recovers the ball inbounds uh, mm. with about 30 seconds left. And they are on the Penn State 25. So you think to yourself, okay, I mean, that was bad. Purdue's not going to be able to take the lead, but it's not catastrophic. There's only 30 seconds left. Surely they're not going to be able to go down and score a touchdown. You would remember their quarterback is Sean Clifford. Yes, that's right. Uh, Penn State, two plays, 82 yards, 28 seconds. And that resulted in a touchdown. Sean Clifford pass complete to Brenton Strange for 67 yards. Thanks to some of the worst tackling I've ever seen. Um, uh, Purdue seemed to just want to not wrap up. They wanted to go for the big hit, didn't get it. And then rather than the rest of the team swarming to the, to the receiver, they just kind of stood around and Brandon or Brenton strange just rumbles 67 yards for a touchdown. And suddenly from, you know, four down or up 10 to seven, Purdue goes into half down 21 to 10 and they had a hole to dig out from. Uh, they were able to do it. I mean, they they played great in the third quarter, 14 points, uh, took the lead 24 to 21, and you know Penn State came back. They got themselves a touchdown, and then of course Purdue gets a pick six, as we're calling it now on the internet, I believe, uh, the puke six, uh, because if you it felt watch like a moment, <laughs> it did. I mean, if you watch the game, uh, Chris Jefferson intercepted it, goes 72 yards. I mean, jutting all around the field uh, at the end. They cut to the Penn State quarterback to show, you know, the the typical upset quarterback after he throws a pick six. They cut back to Chris Jefferson, and he is just vomiting Launching. all over the Launching. sideline. Uh, so 
you would think he was out there playing in front of the Nebraska offensive line. You would think he was out there playing for Team America. <laughs> Launching. Just, just spewed him. So, I mean, Purdue. Great play. It was a great play. Great play. So Purdue takes the lead 31-28, just over eight minutes to go. Um, the teams basically trade punts uh, at that point. There are four punts in the next about six minutes of game time. So Purdue obviously has to, to kick the ball away to Penn State. They force uh, after a, I believe there was a penalty, or no, they got a first down and then another uh, three plays, had to punt it away. Purdue gets the ball uh, on first down, pass incomplete. Second down, pass incomplete. Third and 10, we get a first down. You're like, okay, great, clock's running, let's move. Then pass incomplete, pass incomplete. Then pass complete, pass incomplete. Purdue delay of game, so we're now at third and 25, then incomplete pass, and then a punt. You'll notice what I didn't say any time in that possession is the word run. And you think, okay, maybe he's just trying to be aggressive, wants to win the game, not trying to, you know, just milk the clock. There's something to be said for that, but, you know, you got to make sure it works. The Purdue defense plays great once again, forces a three and out, three incomplete passes by Penn State. Purdue gets the ball back. Here are the pass, or here are the plays. Pass incomplete, or I'm sorry, pass complete, pass incomplete, pass complete for a first down. King Doru run, ding, ding, ding. Then pass How many in, yards? Uh, four yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what you want. You get four yards every run. Then <laughs> yes. incomplete, incomplete punt. In three possessions, I'm sorry, two possessions Purdue had, they ran the ball one time, they had the lead, and they needed to milk the clock. They had to milk the clock, and they ran the ball one time. Penn State gets the ball, eight plays, 80 yards, minute 25, goes down and scores. Purdue can't get anything going in the last drive, ends the game, Purdue loses. And I want to know, Casey, obviously, you know, you can look at it and say Purdue should have run the ball, Brom should have been more conservative, but we've complained about Brom being conservative in the past. So was this a good game plan that just didn't work, or was he being stubborn? Um. So I think Brom put the game on his like 18th year quarterback who is supposed to be the best player on the team. And frankly, AOC wasn't very good. I, I don't look, uh, we can pretend we're going to have a run game, but we tried to run late in the half and not the four yard run on an obvious run. And I think we lost like three yards because if Penn state knows we're going to run, we're not going to run the ball effectively. I, maybe you feel different about that, but I have no faith in our running. I, it was a little unlucky, almost had an incredible play with Payne. Yeah. Payne Durham. Durham. Yeah. I mean, if he makes that pass, the game probably ends. If if he makes that catch, which they originally called a catch and then overturned, um, on review, which I think was ultimately the right call. I mean, it didn't look like a catch. It didn't look like video proof to overturn a call. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I think you could argue that it definitely wasn't a catch, but. Yeah, I didn't see where, like, yeah, he for sure didn't have possession, but I we don't always get every angle. Um, But more egregious was TJ Sheffield was wide open on a little little corner away route. Um, I believe it was a possession right before Penn State scored. Okay. Uh, third down. Um, it might I can't remember if it was play action or not, but it pretty much everyone was swarming inside, and Sheffield got three steps on his guy right away. And AOC went left and just underthrew it, and the Penn State guy was able to catch up and make a great play. That is an oh, easy yes. pass. Yeah. yeah and if Aiden O'Connell makes that throw, uh, Sheffield either scores or they're down in the red zone and they win the ball game. I 
look, <laughs> I think there are a lot of issues that showed up late in this game. Uh, first of all, are we ever going to feel comfortable with our defense holding any lead when I, the team I mean, decides they're going to just throw, throw, throw? Yeah, but I mean, the defense did so well at the end. I mean, they forced the three. Well, did you I mean, watch that last possession? Yes, I did. But you got to hear me out. Did you see the end of the first half? <laughs> yes, I did. But so, my point is, the, so it, it, when it, a team it, has to score, listen, and listen. they're not trying to like run the ball, and they just go, "Hey, your defensive backs aren't very good." They to- just toast us. Yeah. Okay. But but hear me out. Per- Penn State got the ball in the fourth quarter with nine minutes and four seconds left. Mm-hmm. They were down three at that point. Or wait, hold on. No, they were. I'm sorry. The interception were, was great. Yes. Yeah. So Penn State is the up dude four. airmailed the ball by seven yards. Well, hey, wide open receiver. You can't can't do anything with that. You just take the opportunities when they're given to you. I agree. But, but listen, <laughs> listen. Nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Purdue is down four. Defense is out on the field. They get the interception return for a touchdown. So after the pick six, here's what the Purdue defense did. They forced a punt after four plays from Penn State. They had to come back out there after just a minute and 37. Forced a three and out. That took only 22 seconds, and then they had to come back out again after two minutes, and then they allowed a touchdown. Which, yes, I agree. It's you. You can't give up a touchdown in that. They didn't have to work hard. Yeah. Yes. Higher possession. Uh, because it was another case of very bad tackling or not tackling at all. Or in not that being up on receivers. But I mean, in three of the last four drives, Purdue Purdue's defense got an interception for a touchdown a three and out and basically a four and out because they got a first down in their first play. If you can do that in three of the last four possessions of the game, you have to hope that your offense can at least put something together uh, to put the, put the yeah, game, the away. Point is, but Purdue couldn't. Yeah, neither side's good enough right now. Right. I, I think that's the concerning part. Um, first off, I should say Charlie Jones better than I thought he was. I, I think you mean uh, Chuck Sizzle, I believe was what, yeah, sure. Uh, he was. He was. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna call him by his mother. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna use the same name his mother would. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so Charlie Jones, very good. Twelve receptions, 153 yards, TD. Big play. Um, I'm surprised to see Payne Durham with only three catches. Uh, I, he, had a, he had a couple, couple that he should have had. No. Uh, and then he was he was overthrown a couple times. Yeah, that's that seems to be Payne Durham's in a mo. He's kind of a. He's going to give you great plays, but he's also going to have a couple hit his hands. AOC wasn't sharp. 29 no. of 58. No. You can't do that. We Purdue is meant to throw the ball a lot. That is our offense. Um, King Dover got 15 carries. That, if you would have asked me, that's probably more than I would have expected. And 3.8 yards of carry, which I know, yeah. you know, not phenomenal. You can't just go by an average, though. Like True. But, I mean, his long was only nine. So it's not as if – it's not, not as if <laughs> – it, I agree, but it makes the average look a little bit better because it's not as if he busted out a you know a forty yard. I would be and... more happy if he had a busted out. The run's not doing anything. It, it's not going to bring up safeties. It's not going to change defenses because no team is going to be scared of a nine yard long run. It's not going to happen. No, it doesn't have breakaway no, I mean, speed. Right. We don't create that kind of running game. So it's going to be a O'Connell throwing fifty times a game. And one thing we saw is. He locks on to a guy. He makes a decision early and gets it out. It's one of his better qualities when you have elite wide receivers that are open in their route right away. But there was multiple times on the broadcast, which was very good, by the way. Um, I thought the color and, you know, Gus Johnson's always great. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people don't like Gus Johnson, but I love him. I think he just brings a lot of doesn't like Gus Johnson? There are a lot of people who, who find Gus Johnson annoying, and I don't care for those. That's I've, I've never heard that. <laughs> 
Oh, um, you you should you should search Twitter, nope. my friend. Nope, no thanks. Actually, no one should ever search Twitter. That's a mistake. But a couple times where they're just like, why is Aiden O'Connell attacking Penn State's best cornerback? Yeah, yeah, which they mentioned is, that numerous times. Which is a correct answer because I don't, we don't have David Bell anymore. Right. We no longer have the best, like someone who's going to win every great one-on-one match. Mm-hmm. So it definitely needs to be a thing where it needs, he needs to spread the ball around a little more. Um, obviously, Charlie Jones is great, but eventually that's going to get on tape, and you know. Teams are going to work really hard to take that away. Right. And right. some of those passes, I mean, kudos to him for nailing them, but, like, there was one to Charlie Jones that he literally put between three. Yeah, like I three was just, that was the exact one I was thinking of, and that was so incredibly dangerous because that was a point in the game where Purdue, mm-hmm. I think, it was, was – third down. Yeah. So, I mean, he obviously was – Charlie Jones, obviously a revelation, someone who uh, looks like he's going to be stepping into the number one position – but there have to be other people around him, and O'Connell has to understand and trust that there are other receivers because, as you said, when you have a guy like David Bell or you have a guy like Rondale Moore, you can lock on to them because mm-hmm. they will make their DBs look foolish about 90% of the time. Whereas I don't know if Charlie Jones is that good yet. We've only seen him play one game, right. um, and, and we have to see more before we're confident in so- that. But. It's but the receivers overall did a really good job. Yeah, they were fine. Sometimes it's as simple as I, you can't throw 29 incomplete passes and expect to have an offense that moves the chains. Right, right. And, I mean, you not all those are all him. You know, some of those are drops. But some 29. of those so, – yeah, I mean – The second even, half was mostly him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, To be honest, that throw that was nearly a miracle grab by Durham should have been throw. better. Yeah, it was a bad throw. Um, Obviously, Aiden O'Connell is not a mobile guy. That's not the kind of throw you expect him to really make, but it looked like if he set his feet for a second, he was going to have Durham wide open. Uh, so I, it, I, it's too hard to, it's hard to know how concerning. I just feel like this is going to keep coming up throughout the season. What is the same frustrations? Our defense not being able to get a stop when we need ah. it, and our offense not having something to rely on late to keep teams in it. One good thing: this might be the best defense we play. Besides, you know, Wisconsin. I was going to say Wisconsin, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you we we obviously both picked Purdue to win this game. We're obviously disappointed. But do you come away from this game thinking that Purdue will be okay this year? Or do you think there were enough problems that you're worried about how this team is going to recover? No, I, I still feel like they're going to lose the same amount of games going forward that I thought they would. Somewhere between, I, I mean, I think I picked them for two losses, so two you more did. losses on the schedule, but... Anywhere between two and four losses for the season overall still feels right. Um, I don't think that ceiling's changed. I think it's tough when you play a team like Penn State first. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. There, there's a chance that our offense does click in a way that um, Penn State was never going to allow us to. Um, and, I mean, we saw the offense works. Brown knows how to draw plays. Like I said, that Sheffield play, as easy as it gets. It's a pitch and catch. And he yeah. just – it, it was a tremendous play by Penn State. Um, I guarantee AOC saw it and said, he's so open, I can't overthrow him. Right. So I'm going to air this a little bit. And it was just a great job getting back. Um, but stuff like that, like that's always there in the offense. And you would expect AOC, even though he has played a lot, um, you expect him to get better each game. He got better last year, got much better towards you. So you just have to hope that continues and we get a little healthier on defense and find something. Because right now we got to pick six, um, kind of a lucky fluky overthrow more than a great play initially. I'm worried about playmakers. I don't know if we have that. I didn't see a lot of pressure from our defensive line. And 
it's hard to not it's hard to put a team down when you can't get to the quarterback. Yeah, Purdue had just one sack uh, on the day, three tackles for loss uh, between them. And as you said, not a whole lot of pressure in between those moments. And it, it just, you know, I, I feel like we say this every year, uh, you know, even before we had a podcast, we were putting this on the site. If you don't have a pass rush, it makes everything so much harder for everybody else because the quarterback can just sit there and try to pick apart whether that be the linebackers or whether that be uh, the defensive backs. They have to hold their coverage for that much longer, and eventually someone's going to make a mistake for the quarterback to exploit. Yeah, and uh, there were just enough mistakes to lose, and that's always frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so difficult to come out of a game like this because it was a great atmosphere. Um, it was great to be able to watch football again, have Purdue back. But it was a game Purdue, again, they should have won. Um, despite not playing a, a perfect game or even really a, a great game, they still had the opportunity to win the game down the line. And they just let up and made just one or two more mistakes uh, than Penn State did. Penn State basically played steady the whole game, uh, minus that one mistake from Clifford for for a Purdue touchdown. But if, if Purdue had made you know two more tackles in this mm-hmm. game, it, it's over. Purdue wins probably by 10. But those things didn't happen, and that's what worried me going into this game about playing Penn State first. You know, you want to get some of that rust out against an Indiana State or a Florida International, um, but Purdue did not have that opportunity this year. Uh, So it it is frustrating, but now Purdue goes in and has three non-conference games that should be, I mean, complete walks, I would hope, if if this Purdue team has any chance of doing what we expect them to do. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Pretty good football team, Penn State. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, the defense is very good. And I think it's encouraging that even though uh, AOC did not have his best game, Purdue still managed to put up 31 points. Granted, uh, you know, seven of those were uh, contributed by the defense, but 31 points, still a pretty good total against a Penn State defense that we think will be pretty good. Um, final thoughts on Brom from me. I know, you know, if you read our website, if you <laughs> follow our Twitter account, as I tweet from, you should see the mentions. Uh, people are very angry at Jeff Brom. And the only thing I will say is, obviously, I was frustrated, too. He should have run the damn ball at least once or, you know, done some sort of play action or even play you know, action maybe, about got AOC killed late in the game. Well, if he has to die, he has to die. It's like <laughs> Ivan Drago in Rocky. Not sure you want to do it on game one. If he dies, he dies. Um, I think they waited for the uh, last scenes. Yeah, fair. Didn't have a um, movie to carry the rest of the way. But I mean, you have to do something. I felt like he was trying to get a first down in one play every time. Um, you know, do some, do it, do another jet sweep if you have to. Do a screen pass. Um, you know, do something a little more I think inventive. It's a little easier to say that because they tried a screen pass and Penn State was there waiting for it. I, I, I think they were looking for all those things. You have to play to what the defense is giving you. And at that point, I, like I said, we Sheffield was wide open. AOC just missed them. The, the plays were there. Payne Durham was wide open. AOC floated a ball. Yeah, he that that one is one you I, just. I'm gonna put the end of the game way more on AOC than Brown. I think that's a hot take. I don't think most people would agree with you there. I'm not saying you're wrong. (laughs) Very smart guy over here. So, I mean, it's so funny, though, because in years past, we've we've dumped on Brom for going conservative and losing games. And in this one, he he continues his 
aggressive stance on offense is like, hey, you know, we, we've been working this whole game. It's been going well. Let's keep doing it. We can get some first downs. We can run the clock. We can maybe even put some more points on the board. And it didn't work. And now suddenly people are crucifying him for for being too aggressive and not running the ball where, you know, in years past, it's been the opposite. So it just shows you how as a as a major college football coach, you really are damned if you do and damned if you don't, um, especially I mean, any loss you're going to get blamed for, regardless of, of the tactic you use. Yep, big moment, big game, big blame. That's fine. Big we got another one next week. That's right. So there you go. That's Purdue, Penn State. Obviously a disappointment, but. You know, as I said, we've got three non-conference games coming up. Uh, we will preview that one later on in the week. Uh, I think Casey and I are both excited. It's going to be hopefully uh, a Purdue walk. We get to le- see a little bit more uh, of of a tune-up for these players, get them all back in uh, game shape as we wish we could have had before this Penn State game. But Casey, any final thoughts before we get out of here tonight? Nope. Time to all go right. fantasy draft. Okay, I was going to ask who, <laughs> what, what pick are you in your fantasy draft? It's auction. So. My keepers are Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Debo Sam. Okay, not bad. Not bad. All right, well, there you go. There you have it. So, till next time, folks, boiler up. Peace.